off again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot say to you If I don't say the words and maybe Good evening, welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Breit, that is The Professionals with Mitch and Stu. Good evening, lads. Good evening, how are you? Good, good to see you all and uh, happy Father's Day, first and foremost, everybody out there. There'll be no rain stopping play on NUFC Matters, although it has stopped the cricket. Uh, probably in the nick of time, as me and Mitch were discussing before we came on there. England 28 for two um, and uh, yeah, let's hope that rain stays in for the rest of the day because like, uh, I don't fancy England's chances with the way the Aussie bowlers are bowling but on to football and let's talk Stu, uh, well let's talk international football first, congratulations to Scotland. Thank you, <laughs> beat Norway away, I put a tweet out last night saying the best Arsenal player on the team, the best Man City player on the team and we had QBR's reserve striker up front for us and we still managed to beat them. I was talking uh, to JC in the morning. I was trying to get some team news off of him, but uh, he wasn't giving us any. And, and then he started laughing. This is what you're laughing at. He says, check your WhatsApp. So I went on WhatsApp. And then it was only the poster for this show with me having pink hair, wasn't it? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that he sent on to him when he's in with the Scotland team. And uh, he thought it was funny. And he says, he says uh, what, what was it? He says, to people listening to you, talk shade. He says, I've listened to that for 20-odd years, man. <laughs> says, you'll be surprised. So I'm over in August. I'll be having a night out with him and the lads. Anyway, well done to GSC. Always good to see uh, good good to see the lads winning. I'm uh, I'm, I'm pleased to, pleased for him, if nothing else. Joe Linton, who I'm pleased. be next summer. They've yeah. qualified. We've got to qualify now. Be yeah. Georgia and Cyprus, and I think they've qualified. Be fantastic. Uh, let's move on to Joe Linton, though, Stu. Um, Brazilian international. It, uh, it It is the most amazing turnaround probably in football in recent years. Um, and he, he marked his debut with a goal, Stu. And, and that was, for us, well-deserved. We know he can do it. Uh, substituted eventually for Bruno, of course. But uh, fan- fantastic to see him score a goal last night. So impressive. You couldn't make it up. Uh, I think if it was, uh, it's got more... <coughs> Remember the movie Goal? If you look at that, Joe Linton's story is better, but less believable. And I, for one, had written him off. You know, he, he couldn't he couldn't score, he couldn't trap the ball, he was getting knocked over. But what come with it? It wasn't just one thing, but there was, to me, there was three or four things that happened in the space of a couple of months for him. First, we need to thank Kieran Clark for getting sent off and him having to drop back in. And then... During the course of his tenure here, his English got better. So you could understand more what was being said to him in directing. And then I think with Bruno joining as well, you could uh, he had someone he could relate to and someone he could talk to, someone he could confide in. And, and all the time you could see he's been doing the gym work. I think Mitch refers to him as a cruiserweight boxer quite a lot. And his confidence just went through the roof a few good games. Uh, but his ability... It's, nice. it's all right for us now sitting here, being wise after the event scene was always there. We never seen it, not for the first season anyway. You know, he could have been the biggest flop in, in the most expensive flop in, the, in the, the club's history. And he's turned out now to be a really, really essential part of, of the squad. 
and it's great that it's happened at Newcastle because we've seen us as a club move people on. You know, John Doyle Thompson springs to mind. Uh, then you can also mention uh, Hoskow getting a regular game for type of Spain and signing for Real Madrid. You know, so we've been quick to discard people and maybe because of the takeover looming and because of Mike Ashley saying he's not going to give any money, they couldn't sell him anyway because they wouldn't have got much for him. And so it was a case of keep what we've got. So everything happened for a reason and thankfully the cards fell our way. And, you know, he, he loves playing for Newcastle, you can see it. And I couldn't be happier for him. Really, really couldn't be happier. I think the, it's it's a great slogan for the harder you work, the luckier you get. And the lads put the graft in and he, he needs to reap the rewards and he's getting them now represent his country and it's not just any country he's not like having a game for Lithuania this is Brazil and he didn't look out the place in, in their midfield and he doesn't look out the place in their midfield uh, and I'm sure he would be become a regular for them now and and we've got him in our squad and for that we need to be grateful and thankful and and long may it continue for him. Mitch? Look, I gather the Brazilian manager is a very stats-minded guy and if you look at his stats over the last season that he's in the top five box-to-box midfielders in Europe in every metric you look at. And, and, and I think that's the kind of impact he's, he's had. Uh, for us, his he's versatility as well. He swaps in and out on that left-hand side from wide left to a more inside left and as needed can be an enforcer if, if, if he has to. If we look at some of his tackles in his own half and tackles in his own box, it's phenomenal rate. And that tells me one thing, work rate, he's got the, the fitness and ability to do, to be Eddie Howe fit. You know, we, we talk about is a player match fit or is he Eddie Howe fit? Um, and I think he's the greatest example to put that work in. Um, but it, it, it's been seen for a lot longer than people realise, certainly within Newcastle United. Um, I saw on Twitter the day, I think it was the lads from Gallagher Shots retweeted something, an old interview with Sean Longstaff and Joel and where Longstaff builds Joe Linton up very highly in the post-match interview. And, and, and Joe Linton's quite humble about it. Um, but it's obvious he's had the support from his own players around him who've been saying, if we play in five side, I want him on my side because we win. <laughs> and, and you get excited when you have to play with him. And when the fellow professionals are saying things like that about you, it's certainly been seen within the club. But now he's been able to produce that on the pitch in front of 50,000. You know, you've talked about Players who have sliding doors moments in their careers, and that's one that's gone the right way. John Dal Thomason, you know, what if Shearer hadn't got injured because going into that preseason he was on fire? But what if he hadn't missed that shot against Sheffield Wednesday in the opening game and his confidence was high? Where could he have gone and where could we have gone that season? Um, you talk with Jocelyn. The, the, the thing I always said about Jocelyn, the, the thing that impressed me, impressed me about him was he kept going. He was getting in, in the positions to miss the chances. If he wasn't getting in the positions, that was more of a problem. Um, and so, you know, all, all these things come round in football and sometimes players have their moment at a specific club. That changes the direction of their career and hopefully, you know, we're going to reap the benefit of that for the next few years with Joe Linton because he's, he's become, he's made himself an integral part of my team and we're disappointed when he's not on the pitch. And I think that's a, that's a phenomenal turnaround if you think about it. Yeah, Barry says, Big Joe's unique among the Brazil squad. No one else plays his style in their team. He looked class and so competent with the goal. OK, um, Barry also says, a story breaking about a massive bid for Tushamini 
from Real Madrid. Is there any truth in it, guys? Not heard that one, Barry. Got to be honest. Adam, you're list, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and try and get the pronunciation right first time like I have. Um, but yeah, Stu, what's, what's your thought about that? It's, it's a big name player. I have heard of him. It's a big name. Never mind a big name player. So, <laughs> well, um, get plenty in scrabble for that. I was going to say, like you'd be the champion for that, but uh, I was I was thinking about this yeah, yesterday. Not not touch really, but the if we've been linked, I'm sure Barry will give us the figures later. It's got to be in excess of two hundred people now. Now, realistically, we're going to sign. I would say four first team or squad players anyway. That will come in and improve the squad that we've got. That gives you a two percent success rate. If you named also 100 and you got the four eight, so the old seen of throwing enough shit at the wall and some old stick is pretty apt in this. And, and it's something I said a couple of weeks back as well, Steve. That you've, if we're not getting linked with everyone and anyone who's a decent player, then the agents aren't doing their jobs properly. And that's exactly what's happening. It, all of a sudden, Newcastle's interested, right? We'll we'll bid in a jet. They use they'll use us to to raise the prices and, and I'm quite certain if Toshimini wasn't on the list already, I don't think he'd be added to it. Uh, the the research that the scouting network have been doing has been extensive. Not just about, yeah, he's a good player, but it's about the, the guy's personalities, traits, what he does outside of the training ground, what's what's his home life like, is it settled, etc., etc. So we'll be linked with probably another 40 people this week and and out of that, even out of that 40 there's still only be four we'll sign so it's great that we're getting linked with quality players and and i'll just keep repeating my mantra i'm going to sit back and relax and trust the people trust the process trust the ones who are doing the job to get the right people in and knowing that we won't get our pants pulled down but one thing i will say is we'll definitely be spending more than 75 million that's for absolutely certainly yeah, it's an exciting name. Uh, we were talking about it before we came on air, Mitch, weren't we? Yeah, and, and, and I think if, if there's any truth in that, that's phenomenal. It shows the level of pitching that. It shows the level of ambition. There's something we did pick up on a couple of weeks ago that um, somebody who was on the list had suddenly seemingly been removed from the list. And it seems like the ambition has gone higher for some reason. And it wasn't long after certain meetings at St James's Park with a hierarchy there. And so I suspect, um, as ever, or as, as, as is now, nobody really, really knows that much and everything's being kept under wraps now. That's a good way to be. We'll get little hints of things every now and again. Um, but I think it's certainly not as open as it has been in the past. And, and we don't want to take any of his lot, that's for sure. No, I can see him hovering <laughs> in the background. He's like a ghostly apparition. Are you delivering drinks? I, I, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Still got the same dress sense, I see, anyway. No, no, he's still got the same. He, he just waits till he sees what I've had to do with shopping list while I've been sat here. <sighs> Absolutely. Now, the thing is, with, with players like that, the, and the clubs that they're coming from, to me, it's, it's too much for us at the moment. Budget, not budget-wise, but like financial fair play-wise. It's not as if the, the owners couldn't afford it. No. Uh, but you have to keep the, the balance right as well with the squad. And if these people are on 200 plus thousand pound a week already and they're, they're coming from Real Madrid, they'll see at the moment Newcastle has stepped down. So the the places we need to be looking at is the people who are aware of us. To me, this is why I think Eddie House focused 
primarily on the Premier League because the the buzz is in the country, it's in the league, people know Newcastle are on the up. And then looking if you're going overseas to get the the talent with the potential at a fairer price, uh, a la Bruno, a la Isaac, a la Botman, because it, Isaac, even though he broke the records, he's worth more than what he paid what we paid for him now. Absolutely certainly he's he's worth more than that now. So we, we have to be careful ourselves of not getting too carried away with who we're being linked with because uh, we'll, we'll be linked with just about everyone. And you know what? There's not a player on this planet that we could not afford to buy, but it's the knock-on effect that comes with it. You know, so you have to take all things into consideration and think, right, the, 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 anyhow, we'll be the, the ringmaster and he'll be deciding mm. this is the place, these, these are the areas I need to uh, improve on the, these are the type of players I'm looking for. Dan Ashworth will go and prove his worth. The scouting team will go and prove their worth, and then they'll have a look. I'm sure already have had many get-togethers and have a list and say, right, priority. That's the one I want first. But if I get him, I won't need him for that position because he complements him better. So, and it goes back to the old: you need a willing buyer, a willing seller, and a I'm, willing player. I'm, I'm also quite sure the moves that they're making with their own league won't be made independently without an eye cast in the cast of the night with the say, is this messing up your plans? Is this somebody you want to get involved with directly? And all we need to worry about is the cast of the and be happy with what's happening in the cast of the And everything else around that is flipping nonsense and noise. Um, I know a lot of people are getting worried about it, or the somebody shooting themselves in the foot and this, that, and the other. They want to, they want to disrupt football. The way they've disrupted golf. And this is, they've got no spending restraints in Saudi. There's no FFP in Saudi. Um, and they've got enough, more than enough money to run four teams in Saudi and run Newcastle United successfully. However, with Newcastle United, there are constraints in place from both the Premier League and UEFA that we have to recognise and took the forelock to. Um, and... Uh, Everybody knows me about three, about three words now. No! Um, yeah. <laughs> this is a family show. <laughs> and, um, and, and so I, I, I'm quite chilled about it. I'm quite happy to let them do what they feel is right for them there because I'm also quite sure there's enough people making their mouth go about what's right for Newcastle United in terms of Amanda, Meda, Jamie Rubin, other people on the board. The manager who seems to be given far more and has been given far more control than I think they ever expected to have got in the manager. My, my understanding goes back to when he came in and spoke to everybody that there was nothing but a five-minute silence after he gave his presentation where everybody went, wow. And things changed. Things changed in terms of technically where they wanted Newcastle United to go and take it from there. Because at the end of the day, um, that's how important Eddie Howe is to the club at the moment. I think the list that Barry sent us, we've had, let me have a look here. Since last week's show, the 11th, we've had uh, links with Alex Collado, Renan, uh, Renan Lodi, Matteo Guendouzi, Lucas Paqueta, Sandro Tonali, Musa Dembele, Felix Nemecha, Xavi Simons, Arthur Mello, Kylian Mbappe, Desiree Dewey, Nico Williams, Rogerio, and Leo Shahar. That's the that's, that's the latest. That's easy, easy for you to say. 
So that's the latest links that Newcastle have had. Thanks to Barry for that. Any of them, in, in you know, ever? I mean, Paqueta, for instance, at West Ham. He's not going to leave West Ham, is he? The, Lodi, I think, is probably the only one on that list. I, I could say, yeah, I could, I could see Lodi. We were linked with him last season. It hasn't, it hasn't, you know, it didn't, didn't come off last season. It could still be a possibility, but uh, I'm not sure about the rest. Felix, Felix, the match is an interesting one as well, lads. Do you know what what impresses me so much is is a lot of the stuff that used to get blurted out around at our club was from the agents. And they seem to have been able to shut the bloody agents up. And I don't know how they've done it. You know, you, you have agents coming in and we would know they were in. And then they'd be sat in bloody St. James's Park talking to all and sundry to speak to them about who they represented and why they were there. That seems to have just all stopped. And and I think that's an amazing thing. I, 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 I don't know how they've done it, but keep up the good work. Because, I mean, I think that the more speculation there is, the less people seem to know, I think. And I think there are now people taking sort of almost a scattergun approach. They'll name five or six names and one of them will come in and go, as we said. Um, and, it, and, it, it, and there just seems to be so little getting out now. Hmm. And that's great because it does help calm things down. But we're still linked so far because if you remember, we got the um, uh, you mm-hmm. know the, the, the list had a couple of doublers on. So we've been linked with 112 players since Barry started that list, which was on the second of June. So 112 players since the second of June, lads. Jesus, yeah. that's, that's mad. Like- it's madness, sure. isn't it? Okay, we've got lots of questions coming in. Uh, we'll go with this one from John. We've touched on it a little bit, but let's let's read what John's got to say. He says, very good afternoon. Will the Saudi League threaten the significance of the Premier League in future years? It's just been confirmed the Wolves have accepted a Saudi bid of £47 million for uh, Neves. Uh, this is hardly someone coming towards the end of their career. Surely in future, the development of the Saudi League will impact on the Premier League and other leagues. What's your thoughts, lads? Stu? I don't know how many times uh, the people either side here have said Saudi don't like to do anything but win. So it's to me, if you some people who are watching this are old enough to remember when Pele went to America and they tried to recreate a league there or, or create a, a new brand there. We've seen it more in more recent years with China and America again with Beckham and everything else going there. But they've looked at that. They've got the vision 2030 and think, right, we need to be seen as up there like a uh, uh, desirable attraction a uh, destination etc and yes they've got the money but china had the money but they're just here yeah, there and everywhere what they're getting is buying brands they're buying top top players who yes agreeably a lot of them are at the end of their careers but nevers isn't at the end of his career and there, there will be more and the only way you can make a league better is to stake why it reeks off to me without getting too political with it because i don't like the politics it just reeks of xenophobia, like Saudi aren't allowed to improve their league. You know, why not? Why can't they improve their league? Why aren't they allowed to improve their league? And yes, they've, they've got the money to do it. Uh, Qatar tried it, didn't they? They tried an All-Stars League or something like that. And they've watched every other team do it. Japan did it. Gary Lineker went to Japan, didn't he? You know, so all of a sudden it's Saudi and it becomes a problem. To me, it shouldn't be a problem. If they build up that that league where players want to go apart from just for the money, that's great. But who signs for Premier League teams apart from for the money? Who signs for the top teams in Europe apart from for the money? So 
if they're doing it, what they'll want to do is by 2030 have a league that is financially stable. But at the moment, they understand they're going to have to fund it. But very similar to what they've done with Newcastle. They've had to fund us. How much have they spent on transfers? How much have they spent behind the scenes? Training grounds, recruiting new staff. You know, to me, they've probably spent as much as, in fact, I know they've spent as much on Newcastle as what they did by buying Newcastle. And, and that's in, what, 18, 19 months, 20 months? So the, the money will be spent and the players will come into Saudi and more and more players will go. But for me, if someone says it's a problem, just think of the job that they do. And someone says, right, I'll double your salary, I'll treble your salary, I'll quadruple your salary. Come and, come and do your job here. There'd be not many people that wouldn't move. So then you get the reputation of it being a competitive league and then it becomes easier. And more and more people want to go and play on the same team as Ronaldo, play on the same team as uh, some of the other top players that have went there. And that's that was my argument for why Ekitiki went to PSG. You know, they were top of the... They are the club in France, aren't they? So he had a chance to maybe not play, but train with the likes of Messi and... Uh, not Ronaldo, Messi and Neymar and Mbappe. That was always going to be the, the only destination once they came in for him. So you have to spend money to make money. And, and thankfully for us as Newcastle supporters, they're not shy of spending money. And if that's the way they see there, instead of having to go through a decade, two decades of building the league up slowly, let's get it done quicker. Let's speed it up. Just like the country has as a, as a whole. They've made huge changes. I know we've said many times they've made genera generational changes in, in the last eight, nine years. Uh, and they're trying to expedite everything to, to yes, call it sports washing if you want, but to, to put it in a better light where it's seen as a, as a desirable destination. And for me, if they want to spend the money and buy, who are we to say in our ivory towers, no, you can't buy him, you can't buy him. I don't see an issue with it at all. And I don't think they're buying them to lend them to Newcastle either. So they're doing it for their own leagues. Uh, you've got a close personal friendship, as is in the chat as well. He says you can sing you can sing like Sam Smith, uh, Pen uh, Stu. Uh, very good. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to go on and on, I think. <laughs> yeah, this the Saudi thing's interesting, Mitch. It, it, it you know, it never is going across there. I mean, you know, he's going to get paid a king's ransom for going, and players are going to find it hard to turn down. I would imagine. Yeah, and then the difficulty is keeping that up and keeping that personal form up and doing it in a different way. But it's me time out here. I've seen a number of different shifts. When I first came out, if you looked at the Asian Football Conference, it was all about being the best in Asia. And so the Asian Champions League was where everybody wanted to excel. And at the time, initially when I was out here, the UAE clubs had most of the money and they were picking up players kind of at the end of their careers and, and being able to outperform other Asian teams. So Roy was at al Ashkan here, which has now been merged with a couple of different clubs. Um, I've been to see Al-Hilal with Roy home and away and, uh, you know, and enjoyed, enjoyed it very much. But Roy... Um, was very keen that there seemed to be no plan for longevity. So it would be UAE and then the J League and the Korean teams would take over. And then Qatari took over for a little bit. And I guess the person asking about this may be Roy Caviani because he works for one of the Qatari Stars League clubs and, and about where they're at financially at the minute. This move by Saudi feels a little different. This isn't just about being the biggest boy in Asia. This feels global. 
this feels like they want to disrupt football globally. Now, interesting thing that somebody signed up in the chat there was, would that force over time UEFA to rethink things like FFP? Yeah, mate. And that might be the idea. Let's create a free-for-all in Europe. Let's create a free-for-all in the Premier League. Um, the one thing Stu will tell you, because he sells things to people in this region, they don't like being told what to do and what they can and cannot do with their own money. <laughs> and so um, when they look at a set of rules that are arbitrary and they just seem like, well, hang on a minute, other people have benefited from this in the past, why can't we? Um, that one way to disrupt everything would be to set your own little haven up where people will come for the money. However, as we've seen here, when players have come out here uh, in the UAE and they've had some big name players out here, even Kabaye finished his career in here. Um, it really did feel like he was just coming for the cash flow when he went to the same player at Russell. It wasn't the same guy that we had. Um, and so it, it, the challenge is keeping those players motivated. The classic Sir Bobby Robson phrase, how do you make a rich man sweat? And, and so what's your motivation for coming out here and why are you coming out here? And what do you want to do and where can you go from here? You know? Um, I find it interesting though because this just feels a little bit different than some of the money-based moves I've seen in Asian football over the last 10 years. It seemed to be, right, it's, a, it's Iran's turn, now it's Korea's turn, now it's Japan's turn, now it's Saudi's turn. Um, this just feels global and this feels very, very different. Uh, and that's what sort of makes me wonder what the long-term game is. Like in, in golf, all of a sudden, two hard and fast camps, people bitching at each other and creating problems with each other. And now all of a sudden money talks and everybody's happy again. And is that the way we're going? It's, it's a curious one. I don't see where it's going other than it, to disrupt things globally. And, and if Newcastle United benefit, benefit from that, I'm all for it. Same as the flex of the financial muscle, the, the skin of yeah. the, these you're doing so we can do it this way. And it's it, to me, it's a, it's a bit of intimidation as well. You know, they can do it and yeah. they will do it to show we can spend, look how much we can spend. You're going to try and stop us, but we will find a way, a legal way, not these dodgy loopholes, but it's it'll have them scattering in the background, won't it? And imagine in Premier League and even in UEFA. We can't stop this. UEFA don't run the Asian leagues, so they can do nothing about it. And then let me think, well, what happens next? What happens? You know, and it's it's just putting a marker down to say, you know, we'll play by your rules, but stop, you know, stop with the nonsense. Beef, play fair, and that's it. You know, the, we, we know fine well Tottenham, Liverpool and Manchester United were so against us, and there was, there was blatant only financial reasons that were against us because they feared, it's fear of loss, isn't it? where Manchester City, with being allies in the region, were always going to be supportive of the Newcastle takeover, but also they were the most successful club at the moment, so they'll be the last ones to feel the, the pinch of the Geordie tidal wave. You know, the, well, I think Tottenham have already been swept aside. Uh, so Man City is the one that we're aiming for, and we will reach them. You know, so you can see the other ones. Arsenal, to me, have kept quiet. Uh, I, I think they, they had enough confidence in what they that they could get the top six. But you, you see Manchester United, they're, they're so up, up and down and, and they're panicking. They were very much against us. Thankfully, they didn't own us Lingard and, and things like that. 
So I wouldn't be doing them any favours. Uh, I know there's links with uh, Chelsea. I'm sure Mitch will expand on that in a bit more. But uh, why would we want to help them? Unless it helps us, it doesn't matter. So I've seen a question yesterday if someone said, should we buy players from the top six? Yes, if they're going to improve our team. Why shouldn't I've we? Saved, I've saved that one for the second half, actually. So let's. Oh, let's let, no, no, it's okay because we've got a few points which come up and I've, I've saved them. Uh, we'll, we'll, t- we'll, we'll touch on that in the second half. I've just seen George in the chat. Uh, Mitch, can you just uh, let us know how your dad's doing? Dad's doing great this morning. Um, feeling good. He sounds good when I spoke to him. He sounds great. And he's looking forward to getting out here at the end of next week. Uh, he's he's bringing, in, bringing in the over, so I'm going to try and make sure they have a canny time while they're out and enjoy a bit of sun on their back. Uh, just relax a bit and uh, we'll, we'll have some fun at the same time as well. Great stuff. All right, uh, we'll be back after the ad break. A big thanks to all our sponsors. Skips and Bins, telephone 0800 2545 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website, skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks to Mr Vicky's Sources, which are handmade in Cumbria. Their website is mrvickies.co.uk. If you want to contact the guys, email info at mrvickies.co.uk or telephone 01768 210102. Big thanks to New Workwear. Uh, they are an agile and dedicated workwear provider launched in 2018. For more information, go to the website newworkwear.com. Big thanks, as always, to Media Arts for the help with the video side of things. If you want to support the channel, hit the subscribe button, become a subscriber today. Hit the thumb up under the video, which likes the video, and click share to share to your other social media. Click join if you want to become a member of the channel for as little as $1.99. Or take a one-off payment for the cult membership. You can get in via this QR code if you've got a smartphone. Or look for membership pack on the website, nufcmatters.com. What do you get for your one-off £25 payment? You get a scarf, a pen, and a cup, and a membership card, and entry into the monthly draw. Don't forget, if you want a car sticker, all you need to do is subscribe to the show, and then email John at NUFC Matters, and he will post you a free car sticker out. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast providers. And we also support the Food Bank on this channel. NUFCfansfoodbank.co.uk is the virtual matchday bucket where you can make a virtual donation 365 days of the year. The new Alan Shearer raffle is underway. 150 tickets at a pound a ticket. You could win a limited edition signed Alan Shearer ball from the 260 dinner. Enter now at nufcmatters.com. We've got a few events coming up. August the 5th sees Gavin Peacock at the Tyneside Irish Centre. Tickets are £10. And you can get them now from nufcmatters.com. Our Christmas event takes place on the 7th of December at the Tyneside Irish Centre. And that's an evening with Frank Clark. Tickets are £15 and available from nufcmatters.com. Finally, Waddle, Keegan, Beardsley and Friends. The Class of 84 is on at the Town Theatre and Opera House on Westgate Road in Newcastle on Thursday, January the 25th. Tickets are now available from the Town Theatre and Opera House.co.uk or telephone 0844 2491 000. That's the box office telephone number 0844 2491 000. 
And just a quick shout-out for this event. Uh, Tuesday, the 1st of August, Rob Lee's coming back to the Surf Cafe. The event the previous night has sold out, so uh, there is one more event to go with Rob Lee. Uh, there are eight tickets left. Tickets available from the, from Surf, the Surf Cafe. Cafe. Tinemouth.co.uk. Oh, we've got a oh, bit, of, got a uh, bit uh, of reverb because reverb. of Mitch. I think he's putting his headphones in. I'll just mute him. Uh, from surfcafe at timemouth.co.uk forward slash ticketweb.uk. Um, tickets, I think, are £29. So get yourself onto their website. Eight tickets left. Uh, let's make that one a sellout as well. Okay, uh, Stu, just coming to you on the uh, the question that, uh, that was put in by Stephen Kennedy. And it was, uh, how much do you reckon the big six have to spend this window? And should we help them out? by buying from them. You were just about to touch on that before uh, we went yeah, to the ads. I give half an answer then. We're not helping them out if we're buying from them. We're not buying them to be kind or anything like that. We'll be buying from anyone who, who has a player that we desire uh, and that we that our recruitment team think will benefit our squad. And to get the best players, you sometimes have to give the best teams money for their players, don't you? And it's... What if... If we go back to the, the, the first part of it, um, you, you start thinking, I, I can see us buying, well, as you know, I'm very sweet on Kieran Tierney. I, I, I think that's a doable transfer, even though yesterday Ben Jacobs claimed he exclusively broke it a couple of months ago. Thankfully, these are recorded in, in the archives of YouTube to show that I talked about it a lot more than two months ago. But someone like him, yes. Uh, but if I was being a bit naughty, I would start putting bids in just on settled players like the Salas of Liverpool and stuff like that, and, and just to just to show them because the press are still too very loyal to their favourite clubs, uh, and that's why you see the links for Bruno and going to Liverpool. He would never leave Newcastle and go to Liverpool, and never in a month of Sundays. But it doesn't stop people writing this, and we as fans will bite. I suppose I am by mentioning it here. So you have links like that. Why can't we do the same back, you know, and just say, right, where, where, we'll, we'll bid for Salah. We're looking at Haaland or De Bruyne or you know, something like that just to unsettle them a little bit. But the way Newcastle now go about their business is very dignified. And as, as Mitch just mentioned earlier, they do it quietly. Uh, and I think the agents know this as well. If you want to do business with us, I don't think that's the sign NDAs, but they'll, you know, you if this leaks, we won't get your player. And if we don't get their player, they don't get their commission. And that's basically what the agents are in the job for. So they've learned fast. They've learned on the job very fast. Uh, so, yes, we, we should be buying if it suits us, but not just buying for the sake of it. There's not many Chelsea players that I would take, to be honest. I, I don't think this Conor Gallagher is better than what we've got. So I wouldn't Mason Mount to me. I'd rather have Joe Willock. Uh, I'd rather have Madison. So I don't see the benefit of buying players like that. But if a fit Reese James become available, then he'd be worth a bit at Chelsea. He's probably the only Chelsea player I think would improve uh, our squad uh, and fit into it. So yes, we, sh we should buy if it suits us, but not just buy for the sake of them. We should play hardball a bit more, and I'm sure they are. Mitch, your feelings on dealing with the um, the likes of Chelsea? Um, if it suits us, if it benefits our squad and we're paying a good price, why not? But I don't expect we're to go and pay overpriced. That would be helping them. I think we're in a fantastic position to lowball them and say, right, 
you need a bit of help with FFP, that's our price. And be prepared to walk away. And uh, I've got no doubt that we are. Um, what seems to be happening in my eyes is I'm wondering why Amanda and Merdad down at Stamford Bridge not long after Bowley took over Chelsea. Um, my feeling is what's the best way to disrupt the big six is get some of them on board. And I would say it's clear that Man City would back us with the relationships between the UAE and Saudi. Um, making another ally within that group certainly disrupts, to use the word of the day, that group very much so. Um, and that leaves, i tell you who that would leave Piggy in the middle, Arsenal, okay. with, with Emirates sponsorship. Because there That's could be pressure from other pressure from the UAE. And then if Qatar do manage somehow to get all the Man United, that tips the balance massively. It's not Cassandra. So, hmm? hmm? It's Jim on his own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pull the other one. It's got bells on it. It's sponsored by the Night Two Foundation. Um, aye. So, there's football politics at play here. And and again, I would fully back everybody involved in the club who is so canny in business to know what they're doing when it comes to football politics too. Just um, add to that, the, what, the way we've conducted our business, it, to me, it gives off this impression to everyone else that we're serious and they're in it for the long term and they're not going away. Yes. So it could be a case of people, like you say, disrupting them. If we can't beat them, we'll join them. We'll make allies with these. These are going to be the new force. So why can't we just tag onto these and be their friends and rather than try and stop them? Because we're not going to stop them anyway. Whichever yeah. way we go about it, we will not stop them. So if we can become friends with them, uh, that can help us long term. And that's why if you mentioned the, the, the Tottenham's and teams like that, they've, for want of a better phrase, urinated on their own chipped potatoes. And and the, 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 they're in too much financial difficulty to try and compete with us yes. uh, on, on an even keel now. They've relied heavily on their UEFA uh, Champions League money. They haven't got that. They've got their main or their prime footballing asset out of contract next season. They're going to lose him for nothing. Or it could be the last week of the window just take something like 60 million for him. Or preferably for us, uh, if he is to come to Newcastle, let Levy play hardball and everyone just keep away from him. Cup of January, and it's quite clear Tottenham are just drifting outside of the European places. They'll take something from him. They'll take better off taking 40 million than nothing. And then, guess what? He hasn't played in Europe. He can come and join us for the last 16 in the quarterfinals and beyond. So that that's the sort of thing that it's thinking outside the box and forward thinking that we've got. And I think other teams, they're either jealous and head out about it or they'll look at it and marvel and think, you know what, these are doing it exactly right and we need to be on board with these. So I can see Man City, uh, definitely Man City. Chelsea, I, I think, because this ball, he's a new kid on the block and he, he made that many mistakes coming in with his fanfare about all-star games and North versus South and stuff like that. He's watched how dignified we have went about business and thinking, right, I can learn from these. Uh, and if it means we get one of their players at a... Uh, a price that we think is fair, then I think they would be more willing to sell to us than maybe one of the other five within that group 
of six. Did Tierney go off injured yesterday? Uh, he's got a knock, but he, he should be all right. Right, OK. Uh, lots of questions about ground redevelopment. Ian uh, from uh, Ian Toon Trader says, uh, any news or rumours on the development of St James's Park yet? Nothing that I've heard that's fresh to anything we've discussed in the not-too-distant past. Um, interested to see what they do with the fan zone idea that they've got and how they construct that and what the idea and where they want to put it. Um, I, I think based on what happens with that area during the Magic weekend, we've got an idea what you could do with that area outside the Gallagher and then some if it was a permanent fixture. So um, I don't wonder if that's going to be the, the next focus of any kind of ground redevelopment. Okay, anything from your side, Stu? No, nothing. But I think, this again, this is my opinion, if you start breaking it down and then scrutinising it a bit more, I, I think there'll be something announced this summer about a potential ground expansion, even if it's just fake for the Gallagher bit, and that'll incorporate the fan zone. Uh, and this is why last year... When the season tickets now, if ten thousand people handed the season back in, season tickets back in, how come there was only one thousand put on sale? That's, for me, the reason being is if they are expanding, then no season ticket holder will would lose their seat. That's that's been my belief from the start, and I, and, uh, I, I don't think we've, we need to mention how often or how forward thinking we've got as a, as a as a board of directors, as a, as an owners. So I think there's, there's little things that are getting put into place. Uh, I, I did say, I think it was in July or August of last year, that they, they, they had been speaking to SKK or SSK, the, the leading stadium architects in the country. So that I'm sure they've spoke to other people. There'll be plenty of plans and permissions. And now, now they're looking at it. And the fact that we've, we're probably a year, two years ahead of schedule, we have to be careful where we're putting the, the money as well. And... Do we go out and create a brand new stadium and put 80,000 people in it? For That's not going to happen any any time in the next two, three, four, five years. So the obvious choice to me would be to expand St. James's with the minimum disruption. Uh, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if by this time next year you'll see the cranes outside the ground. Uh, anything on new sponsors, Mitch? Uh, new training kits? Um, <coughs> up another new sponsor. A lot of people making a big thing about the, the training kit being on sale and no no sponsors logo no being sponsor on there. On it. Um, again, nothing concrete. Um, other than everything's open up, up for grabs at the right price, I think is the, the way to put it. Not just the right price, the right marriage. Right mix as well, yeah. yeah. It has to be, I mean, you've seen that with Seller, there has to be a, a forward-thinking company where their brand's recognised, the, the brand has a good reputation, etc., etc. You know, so they wouldn't just put, a, someone comes in with a, like a cryptocurrency, we know that they're, they're adverse to using them. Uh, and the, uh, to me, the, the the trading top, everything's up for grabs, isn't it? The stadium, the stand, but trading ground. On, on that front, if you look at, Chelsea supporters trusted they they released a statement about uh, not being happy with Chelsea's shirt sponsor being a betting company next season and the, the, the next main commercial sponsor is a cryptocurrency company and and that's the way they're going because I suspect that's the only way they can go and um, it, it, if you start by upsetting groups of supporters about things like that that's not a great way to be 
Mm. Steve, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Why haven't you said I was right when we're talking about Chelsea and the money of Bramovich? Because you've said repeatedly that where is the money? He's still got it. He's not releasing it. And then lo and behold, out it comes that he's not releasing the money and it's still there. The government blatantly lied, but we shouldn't be <coughs> surprised by the, this current yeah. government lying, lying to people that they said the money would go directly there and it was on Bargo and he couldn't get hands on it. It sounds like they can't get their hands on it. And they've just helped Chelsea out to improve. Uh, and to me, this needs to be investigated a bit more thoroughly and probably get brushed under the carpet. Yeah, you're right. Um, you know, I mean, I have said it. It, it, it was a, it was, it wasn't through any inside information. I think it was just fairly obvious to anybody, especially when Bowley started spending money like that. Um, it does need to be investigated. It's, um, you know, it's just another in the long line of things which other people seem to get away with, and Newcastle would be, would probably be held accountable if it was us doing it. But uh, yeah, disappointing. Um, but we, we just like to smile, don't we? Nod. And uh, go, you know, and, and, and we don't like to say I told you so on here. We just, you know, we, we try to create a program and a just platform. Do my nails and smirk quietly in the corner. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Mr. Anderson says, Hi, lads. I'd like to ask a question for a friend. Uh, it's off topic. My friend is a Sheffield United football club supporter and they have had links to a new Saudi consortium takeover. Would you have any news on that? Well, I've got no news on that, but I don't think. Uh... There'd be an issue with other because it's the PIF are the are the biggest of the big, but there's plenty of wealthy businesses out there who would be wanting to have a part of the English Premier League. So I don't see an issue with that. You've got more than one American owner, you've got more than one British owner. Why can't you have more than one Saudi owner? It's just that we will have the the funds available more than anyone else's. Thank you. Warner this time of night. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yes, we did. We didn't speak about uh, wearing Adidas tops, but it didn't go unnoticed by us when we were. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when we were on there. John Justice Allen. Good afternoon. He says, um, "I said from day one, no billionaire walks away from two billion without a court case." Yeah, John, we've uh, we've all had similar similar feelings. It has to be said. Uh, Ian again with another good question. He says, "Do you think that Arsene Wenger's statement on financial fair play needn't be less restrictive to clubs in Europe?" Is linked to the Saudi League's buying off players, Mitch and Stu. I think that's linked to a bigger picture that he has in the Middle East. He's out here a lot with being sports and he does a lot of work in Qatar, um, particularly with Aspatar, the, the, the football medicine place. Um, he's doing a lot of work with FIFA and UEFA, uh, but FIFA in particular. Um, he, he's very vocal about VAR at the moment as well. Um, I think he has a very, let's just say, I think he's got a Middle East regional bias at the moment for one reason or another. And I, and I don't think it's a, it, it's about um, just about Saudi League, etc. I think it's, it's he sees a bigger picture now from being in this part of the world. Okay. Stu, your, your thoughts on, on that? On the... Uh, well, yeah, he's influenced because he's getting paid by Qatar, but also you've got Khalifa on the UEFA board who's also chairman of PSG as well. So there's a lot of things at play here, but I'm surprised, and this is more uh, down, down Keith's road, to be honest, but I, I'm surprised that the the term restriction of trade hasn't come in. You know, why, why are people being stifled if they want to grow? 
if they've got the money, why shouldn't they be able to grow? And there's so many legal or legalities that, that could be questioned here. Uh, and I think the way Wenger's putting it across is to look, think this, if you keep pushing something, it'll break eventually. Uh, and it's, it's becoming more and more clearer that it's, it's a closed shop at the top. Of, at the top, and these people are trying to, to we're, we're understandable to a point that they're trying desperately to protect what they've got and they don't want to share it. But by doing that, it takes out what the, the whole ethos of sport is, where, as we've seen last year, Cambridge United could come to St James's and win. You know, and you're going to get it to a, a term where it's nothing to do with Saudi Arabia and be more Americanized, where there's no relegation and there's no promotion. And that, that takes out a lot of the emotion in sport. And, and that would be, to me, the, the death knell of the, of the game. So I'm not, I'm not saying that sitting from a Newcastle United supporters standpoint, where let us spend as much as we can, because even if they did take the shackles off, I don't think we'd go and spend like 600 million anyway. You know, but they, they would be able to reward the players they've got on higher contracts and they, they'd bring in they'll just lift up a bit of the type of player that they've been targeting. You know, they've been targeting knowing what their restrictions were. I know Eddie Howe alluded to it in his press conference that, yes, we can look at different players because of where we finished. You know, that that gives us a bit more money to play with. And then you, if you want to bore people with amateurisation and saying, right, we'll get 30 million more for that, we'll get 30 million for that, 25 for that, and we can spread it over. That's why I said earlier, we can go and buy any player in the world we want. But that player has to be part of 11 or part of a 19 or 20 on a match day. So we can't go out and buy 19 Haaland's or 20 Mbappes. We have to make sure that the, the club grows or the team grows together by adding better players or just as good players as what we've already got. Gone are the days now we'll be bringing in rubbish, without mentioning names because it's unfair, but bringing in crap just for the sake of bringing in crap. All the, all the signs we make for the first team will be top, top quality players. And then you've seen, again, Dan Ashworth's worth by his, by recruiting these youngins. And, and I still think we'll spend 40 to 50 million on youngins this year, this this window, where if we get five of them for around about the 10 million mark, or even five or oh. eight million a pop, it just takes one that would be worth 50 million, and that window's paid for itself. We've still got the benefit of the other four. So... This is where we're going to we'll, we'll continue to, to grow. And with the rules that are put in front of us, we'll do as much as we can, not to exploit them, but to, to get the best out of it. Thoughts on Madison? Uh, Chip as is asking uh, if you guys think that uh, we'll go for Madison after the England game tomorrow night against North Macedonia. Uh, third apparent Spurs bid for Madison and Barnes is a smokescreen for us to bid. I mean, Madison, I think it'll, I think it'll get done. Uh, Mitch, um, after tomorrow night's game, maybe? Wouldn't surprise me. I think a lot of the players we may be interested in are currently on international duty. And that does seem to... Uh, people don't seem to want to be active, actively doing business there because it might distract the player during his international phase. Um, if if it's true that Spurs have bid that for Madison and Barnes, they're living on a different planet than everybody else. After what we've been told, Madison should be what they wanted for Madison originally. To go for the two of them for effectively the same amount of money, that's living in Cloud Guru land. Uh, but maybe it also shows um, how stretched Spurs are financially. 
that they, they want to benefit um, from taking advantage of certain players, uh, maybe clubs that are relegated or they're looking at the goalkeeper from Brentford, who apparently says he wants to go and win trophies and better his career. Well, um, you know, I don't think he's going to do that at Spurs anytime soon. So, um, it's a curious statement, that one. I know there's a bit of a pot kettle thing from me there, but it, it you look look at the trajectory the two clubs are on, why would you want to go there? If we, for example, were interested in them, I don't think we are, by the way. Um, the lad's a good keeper, he's proved it last season. Um, but they suddenly want to be off down the road to Spurs because they're, they're interested in him. Um, I'd question his actual real motivation in there rather than sticking with the Brentford side, who, frankly, for most of the season outperformed Spurs. Mm. And so, if he want, if he wants to better himself as a player, there's better players, better places he could go than Spurs. It also backs up the point about what's going on at Spurs at the minute. And I'm telling you now, the word that we had from that dressing room was that keeper didn't want to come out for the second half against us and refused to come out in the second half against us. And that's what's going on in that dressing room at the moment. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, it sounds like our dressing room and there are lots of distant past and I think they're a club in real trouble much bigger trouble than they realise um, and, and as this extra um, interest level loan kicks in and starts to bite without the Champions League money coming in I think they're going to struggle this summer in the transfer window they brought um, you know somebody in from Celtic who did well in Scotland but uh, I think that shows where their levels are without being too disrespectful to Scottish football and then even where we're celebrating it. Um, you know, let's be brutally honest. Um, has he pulled up trees at Celtic? Has he, has he done special things at Celtic? Not really. Not for me. Um, and so I think they're now in a position where cutting that cloth, the suit is going to kick in if they're not careful. Okay, Madison, um, and John's asking, will he be a, a Newcastle player before the window shuts? I'd say yes, John. Um, there's no doubt about yes. it. I think yes, he will be. Uh, Stu? Yeah, it'd be wrong for me to say anything, but yes, after I've been talking about him for the last three windows signing for us. So, my, my personal opinion, and again, this isn't from anything that I've been informed of, my personal opinion is that I think it's already agreed. And... The way it's Tottenham, what they're trying to do, again, my opinion is trying to appease the fans, saying, look, we're, we've bid for these players, but we couldn't couldn't contest with the financial mate of these nasty Saudis who have gone by and everyone. They would offer Madison more money than what we'll offer them on a, on a weekly basis. In fact, they'll offer more money, but they can't offer the potential to win trophies and get the Champions League and then get in the Euro squad for next summer, which is what the players want. Once, uh, Mitch will tell you, once you earn so much money, it, it doesn't matter how if, if you get an extra five or ten or a week. You know, so if, if you, the type, <laughs> the type of people that that would, that, uh, that he deals with and I deal with, you know, the, the, it doesn't make, it comes down to personal interest. Um, yeah. And for me, I think Madison's for his career, if he chose Tottenham over Newcastle, I'm not saying he'd be ridiculed, but... He'd be looked at, he'd be questioned, his mentality, yeah, definitely his, questioned. Ambition. his ambition would definitely be questioned. 
So I, I think it's gone in. I don't think it is. Well, I, I, I absolutely don't think there's no coincidence with these leaks of these uh, photographs with him and uh, Wilson. Yes, the Coventry lads, but then he posted one with him going past Trippier in a tackle and trailing thing. So to me, I think Madison is coming. And if he waited, and I've seen some adverse reaction on social media, people saying, he waited till the end of the season to see if we got Champions League or Tottenham got Champions League. So what? Why wouldn't he? Do you know what I mean? He, he's done the best thing for him. And if he, if, he, if he has chosen us, which I believe he has, then is that not going to benefit us? Because he's going to have to come and say, right, OK, I can get in that team. But getting in the team and staying in the team, you have to perform top, top levels, as certain players have found out in the last 12 months at Newcastle United. So, yeah, I think we're getting Madison. Uh, and I think we'll have a two, at least two quality, quality first-team start signings uh, before pre-season, at least two before pre-season, because I'm sure Eddie Howe wants uh, as much of the nucleus of his squad together as quickly as possible and then plan for the season accordingly. Great stuff that I was flown just, over as always. Give you a quick up, update on something if anybody's interested. Go on, you yeah. Is it about Magnum's wearing fluorescent, whatever that fluorescent is? Fluorescent yeah. <laughs> That's because I got him with it when we were off, off, off show the other week. It's a long story. Um, you mate Simon in San Diego who would order the shirts, then got an email saying the shirts had been cancelled, and then got an email off of, then got a thing on his Apple Pay saying his credit card had been refunded, and then got an email off DHL saying that the shirts were on their way. Uh, the shirts are now in San Diego and will be delivered on June the 20th, 2023. By the end of the day, oh welcome to the God. utter chaos that is ordering online with the football. <laughs> Unbelievable, Jeff. Uh, great stuff as always, lads. Enjoy your drink, enjoy your night, whatever you're doing, uh, and enjoy the rest of Father's Day. Uh, great to see you, lads. Take care. Good night, everyone. Enjoy your night. Happy Father's Day. We still do seven NUFC matters show a week for free, but if you want to help support NUFC matters then there are a few ways of doing it. Hit the like button on each live broadcast and video. This helps the channel grow. Hit the subscribe button and select the all notifications bell so you don't miss a single show. If you want to help us financially, then you can join the channel using this button with the membership starting at $1.99 a month. Or you can drop us a donation in the chat using a super sticker. We're also looking for sponsors. If you'd like your brand advertised on the flies for the show and featured during the ad break, then email john at nufcmatters.com to arrange today.